Welcome to the JVB Health and Wellness Podcast. On today's episode, we have a summary of a recent Zoom call we had, and we talk about a number of different things related to health, but the preponderance of the call, we talk about injuries, we talk specifically about back injuries, and we talk about plantar fasciitis. We also talk about a number of other topics that I think you will enjoy. Hey, Jeff. You there? Yeah, man. How you How doing? You? Good. I'm out for a run, so uh, I'm probably going to have video off while I'm, you know, running. <laughs> yeah, man. Good, good multitasking. Uh, I wanted to go earlier this morning. I was tired, and, uh, and I was like, oh, I'll go this afternoon. But anyway, the thing called work and life. So how, how's everything going? Good. Well, it works great. I mean, I, I, you know, I work a lot. It's great. Um, no, the work's fine. It's uh, exercising. Here's the deal. I got plantar fasciitis on my left foot, which is killing me. But I won't stop running. And But it's definitely slowing me down. And then um, I, I think one of, I have a left arm. And then numbness in my left arm, which I've had for a while, which I was blaming on the shot. But I actually don't know if it's a shot anymore. So I have to go out and get that checked out. And, uh, you know, the 10 pounds I lost, 200, I put, so, you know, considering everything else, I'm fine. <laughs> so you were down to fine. 200. You had, you had, I think you had registered a sub 200 print, correct? Uh, you might be yeah, muted. I, yeah, I, there you go. Yeah, I was under, I was under. I've got under 200 and now I get 210. Very frustrating. Well, I mean, if you were to self-reflect, you know, what are the reasons? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's a good question because I know part of it was diet, but I've been better. I know part of it was exercise, but it's been better. I don't know. I, I, uh, I mean, look, my diet's not perfect and my exercise is not perfect, but to be back up there and stay up there, it's frustrating. So, I mean, I know I'll lose it again. It's just frustrating being there. What are you doing when you got down below 200? Let's flip it around. What were you doing differently? I, there are a few things I remember, but what were you doing differently? My diet was much more regimented. I didn't have my family around. There was, there were, my meals were controlled by me. You know, what I was putting in, what I was putting in it. So that's definitely crushed me. Um, and the exercise also, because, you know, now I'm spending more time with them, which is fine, but I cheat from exercise time. Like tonight, instead of running six, I'm going to run four, you know? Right. So all those things definitely play in. And, you know, we, we can't, uh, the, the, Einstein says that definition of insanity is expecting the same results, uh, expecting better results when we do the same thing. What does he say exactly? He says, um, oh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, right? There, there are definitely reasons. And, you know, um, you were definitely dialed in and you were by yourself and you were not at a new job yet, right? So I suspect it's a combination of yeah. spending more time with your family and not eating as well, not getting as much exercise in and probably having more stress. Are you stressed in the new job or the new job is not stressed because you're loving it or both? Um, I love it. The stress is my own stress, but it's not the same stress, you know? 
Um, I just want to do a good job. I have a lot to learn, but I don't have the same, I don't feel the same stress I used to have, you know, not yet because I, I have to make numbers, but I'm only six weeks in. So to make those numbers, you know, would be artificially stressful right now, you know? Yeah. And are you, um, what else is going on with your health? Have you, have you ever had a calcium score test? I don't know. I, I, I should ask my doctor for those. Whatever things you asked me to, to do, I did, but I don't have those results. During my physical, you know how you add all that stuff with the calcium test in there? No. So calcium score test is when they take a kind of an x-ray of your heart and they look at the four main arteries and they look and see if there's blockages there. You know what I mean? And I just had a, a call with a client of mine called right before this former client of mine. And he just found out he had a high calcium score test, a high his calcium score test showed a high calcium score, which, which, you know, shows he's got some plaque and he was destroyed over it because he's been living pretty healthy for five or six years, you know, and that's all relative and you get a lot of genetics that are involved. I mean, when I was 39, I was having pain down my right arm and I wasn't feeling that great. I have a history in my heart of getting what are called uh, PVCs, which are extra beats. It feels like my heart skips a beat, but it actually adds extra beats. So the heart rate usually goes boom, boom, boom. And for people that have the electrical thing that I have, it goes, I thought it would go boom, boom, boom. Boom. But what actually happens is it goes boom, 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 boom. It'll add extra beats here and there. And I've been pretty good about managing it. So I've always been seeing a cardiologist. And then one time when I was 39, I'm 51 now, I was like, um, I have some chest pain. So I would go to the doctor and they did these stress tests and I was a marathoner. They're like, you're great. No issues. Well, why do I have pain down my arm when I'm working with really stressful MFers at work? I don't know. So they run a calcium score test and it comes back that I'm in the, like the 90th or 95th or 99th percentile, meaning that I am, my heart is more unhealthy than 95 or 99 people out of a hundred. Right. And so, and a lot of times, you know, the calcium score test is the only test that will you know, show you something. And right. So a guy that I've worked with for on and off for years, you know, just got his result and they put him in like the 70th percentile, I think, you know, 56 year old guy. And, it's concerning. And, you know, my score has been getting worse, you know, over the last 12 years, just a little bit worse and it will get worse over time. And I have a history of family heart disease in my family. And I tend to think that genetics only play about a 20% role and, you know, and that we shouldn't use genetics as a crutch and we should do everything we can to beat it. But, you know, it is what it is. So the reason I was asking you, Jeff, if you get, if you ever got a calcium score test is just that, you know, it might, if you have no heart issues, no family history, probably don't need it. But next time you go to the doctor, you could always ask. Well, no, I mean, I have a, what the heck was it? I had AFib and then I had something going on with my heart when I was younger, the murmur, but you know, I've run 20 marathons. I run. So I've never thought anything would be more wrong with my heart, but you think the left is interesting. I called a neurologist. You think the arm could be from the heart and not from a neurological disorder? Probably not because the numbness is different than the pain that I had down my arm. It was like a shooting pain, you know, it kind of feels like cramping. And I had some chest pain, uh, which I think I would say now is angina, uh, you know, which is chest pain. But um, no, but your, your pain down your, it's funny in bed. Like when I lay in bed, if I lay a certain way, I'll wake up and my arm is numb. 
you know what I mean? My elbow might be numb depending yeah. on how I lay on it. Right. And sometimes people have issues with their back or their, their neck and that shoots down the arm. Right. So it could be a huge number of things. Right. I don't know if it could be the shot too. Maybe it's the shot. I don't know, but I do think it's worth seeing a neurologist who will uh, do some testing. I've been to the neurologist more times than I can count. And I've had those electrical shot tests because when I was riding my bike, when I first doing started doing Ironman stuff, I was riding my bike and I was in the same position with my bar, my hand, my hands on the handlebars and my hands would get numb. And when I would get home, I wouldn't be able to turn the key after a five or six mile ride where I wouldn't be able to turn the key to open the door to my apartment. And it's interesting. My uncle died of Lou Gehrig's disease when he was 57. He got diagnosed at 50 and his first uh, inkling of any problem of the Lou Gehrig's disease was when he could not, uh, I, I think it was turn the key to his car or maybe he couldn't open a can opener, couldn't turn it or, you know, and, Eventually, he got to check down. He had Lou Gehrig's disease, which is the worst thing on the planet to get. So with a family history of Lou Gehrig's disease, my mom's brother, I saw a neurologist because I was having that. And we figured out it had nothing to do with Lou Gehrig's disease. Thank, thank goodness. It was that I was putting so much pressure on my hands that I was getting numb up my arm. You know what I mean? And so when I was when yeah. I put um, some some padded padded gloves on when I was riding my bike, it got significantly better and look it's not a good thing when we're going out we're running four hours or we're riding six hours and we're i mean that's traumatic on the body you know but on the arm thing it's just been weird it's just where, where it is tingles, it exactly it in the arm <laughs> up and down the entire arm where does it present like the most right arm or left arm oh it's all just the left arm it's just the left arm and the area where i got the shot is still sore from time to time but more in the arm itself gets numb. And in my hand, it gets tingling. And then sometimes there's a burning sensation now, like on the inner, between my thumb and my uh, first finger. So did, did, when you read online, is anybody ever, is anybody saying that they might have had that from the shot? Yeah, they have. You know, they think nerve damage. They maybe hit a nerve rather than a muscle. I don't know. So when are you seeing a neurologist? You know, I finally got an appointment for next week. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, they, I got those things where they hook you up to a machine and they shock you. Right. And then they see what happens with the, with the, the way the electrical currents, I think flow. And, um, and I, mine was bad. I mean, my doctor was like, you got to stop riding your bike. You should never ride a bike again. You're not even functioning at 50% of what, you know, you should be functioning at. But once I stopped riding and I started to wear, you know, padded gloves and everything, I got fi I got fine and I don't have any issues other than when I sleep at night, when I wake up, I often like if I put my arm under my pillow, I'm sleeping on my side or something. I wake up and my my right arm or my left arm is completely numb. My hands completely numb. But I think that's just a like sleeping on yeah. a nerve somewhere. Right. Yeah. And they gave me yeah. these gloves I could wear at night. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they look like, like gloves that go like halfway up your arm above your wrist. And I tried those and those help a little bit, but I don't do that. I just deal with it, but you should go to a doctor. You've yeah, had I this mean, long enough that you should go to the doctor. Yeah. So I'll go to the neurologist and see what they say. Um, you know, maybe that's through the bump on my head. I don't know, you know, from, I mean, I have no idea, no idea. And, right, well, uh, it's good to get it checked out. Yeah. 
And I'm a believer that if you haven't had a physical in a year, you should get a physical once a year, or at least get some blood work taken once a year, just to look under the hood, just to make sure everything is, is uh, getting better. There was an article that came out. Hey, Shruti, by the way, how are you? There was an article. Good. Thank you. There was an article that came out in the New York times today. It's called the birthday milestone turning 80. It's a pretty interesting article. There, um, it talks about how people, there's a number of 80-year-old-plus people that are just keeping active and they're thriving and they're pretty healthy and they're still working, like Fauci's 80, right? And Schumer's older than that. And, you know, it cites a bunch of people in the article. And it said a couple of things that I thought was interesting. The first thing it said, uh, it's written by this woman, um, I forget her name, I'll look it up. I'm trying to open it right now. But... Um, uh, let's see here. Jane Brody, sorry. And she's 80 and she cites Fauci and Pelosi and Anthony Hopkins is 83. Morgan Freeman's 83. Bernie Sanders, he'll be 80 in September. Paul Simon, a bunch of people, right? And it talks about all of these people are just keeping busy and they're keeping moving and they're still doing a lot of stuff. I know Fauci is a runner. I think he's out running and just staying busy. And one of the things... Um, that she said that I thought was interesting. She said, I consider daily physical activity to be as important as eating and sleeping. I accept, I accept no excuses, right? And you've heard me say this a billion times, like, and you've heard me say this, Sanjay Gupta says the same thing. I do not waver on my exercise and my movement and I do it, right? And I think it's just so important to do it. The other thing that the article said that I thought was interesting was the average newborn today is not expected to make it to 80. Thanks largely to poor diet and exercise and rising obesity. And the article talks about, uh, it, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says something to the effect of your first 50 years, your body can pretty much handle stuff. But after that, like it's what you do and how you treat your body that matters. And, you know, the cumulative effect, that's my words, not her, of damage we do in the first 50 years, if you don't start to turn it around and live healthy, starts to show up a lot more. Only article I did see was the marathon one. Let's focus on this one. I, I think that it's interesting, but did they do any studies? They don't have any studies on the pre 50 or four after 15 and what the specific ailments were. Right. I mean, there's tons of studies out there and there's tons of writings on this and I've read enough books, health books, regular books to know <laughs> that. And I've seen people die, you know, in their late forties or early fifties to know that that's, that that's the thing that I always quote to people too. And, um, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, for me, it started in my late thirties and a lot of people, it starts even younger. Right. But like when we have excess weight in our bodies and we have excess stress, there's an article, another article that I was just trying to find that talked about if we work too many hours, we shorten our life. I've been telling this all the time. Like if we're too busy, it's just very unhealthy. I think the cutoff was like 55 hours in this article I saw. And I see this all the time in these AA and A plus people I coach where they're just working so many hours and some of it's just like logic, but some of it, like I was, I was surprised to hear a study that actually had some information to kind of show it. I mean, the bottom line is you want to live healthy when you're 50 years old. You want to eat well, you want to exercise, you want to move, you want to, you know, you want to follow the pillars. You want to have social interactions with people. You, you know, you want to keep your stress down, keep your anxiety down. You want to do the things that are important. And what I'm seeing right now in people is that, you know, a lot of people are starting to get back to work and, um, you know, bad habits are starting to come back in. People are starting to move health down their priority list 
uh, and it's just not happening as much. Comments? I've, I've not been able to, I haven't gone to the yard. A couple of days is better than others, but like today, totally just stuck at the desk. No movement whatsoever. It was awful. Awful. Yeah, it is awful. And there's no way to at least move around for some of that while you're working on the phone, looking at a document. I mean, when I'm looking, like I was on an hour and a half call today, so I got stuck on that, and I wanted to stand up, and you know, but I was sitting, and then if I stood up, it would be weird on the camera angle, and that, whatever. So, and the person presenting, I called on me, so I really couldn't, you know, risk being called on and being not on the screen. So, but so what I look, what I, I, I what I do, you know, it, it, I understand. It's one, it's consistent with, been pretty good. Great. Yeah. My advice on these calls is if you're going to know you're going to be on an hour call or a 90 minute call, you could easily just turn the camera off when it's not focused on you. If there's a lot of people on the call and you could walk around for three to five minutes, that's enough each hour. You know what I mean? To kind of get your muscles going, get the electricity going, get the atrophy stopped a little more. You know, I think Gupta says in his book, two minutes, I, I shoot for three to five minutes. And, you know, um, it's different if you're starting out a new job and you're trying to prove yourself and you need to be on camera versus like uh, where I'm at, where I'm on a lot of calls and sometimes I'm on camera and sometimes I'm not. And, you know, if they're big groups of people, nobody, nobody says anything, you know, I just turn my camera off. Everybody does it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's tough. I understand. Yeah, I can hear you. It's tough. Any other comments on that, Jeff? Shruti, I want to talk about what's going on with you. Well, when I'm currently in an in injured state, but when I wasn't, I'd kind of figured out how to get my, you know, hourly steps in. I was, you know, I had, I'd figured out how to best get all my steps in for the for the for the day but now it's been like it's been almost a month and it's just driving me crazy this but is when you bent over and really you crazy. felt like a tear in your hip yep or your so um, well it was it's my lower back and it started with that and then slowly it's gotten worse and i think now they're suspecting it's a sciatic something so yeah i mean the sacrum is down there so the sciatic nerve is down there i've had problems in that area myself uh i guess the question is going to come down to um did you tear a muscle in that area is it nerve related did it did the, it sounds like you i think you said you heard a tear or something when you did it or you felt a tear is that right I now, yeah, I felt it i didn't hear anything but i certainly felt it like it was literally a snap did you get an MRI in that uh, area? No, they didn't do an MRI. I went for an in-person visit and, you know, they put me on six days dosage of um, some steroid. Yeah, prednisone. And then, 
I don't remember, but yeah, it just, it got, it, that was done two days ago and then the pain came back. And then uh, now I have to see a sports doctor on 26th. It feels like so, you have, uh, the, if you got better during the steroid, it tells me it knocks some inflammation out of that area. That is an area that can get pretty inflamed. It's the lower back, the yeah. L back. You know, a lot of people have L3, L4, L5, and then you have like S1, S2, which is the sacrum area. And it feels like you strained a muscle there or did something there. And once we do that in the neck and the back, and I've had shots all the way up and down my neck and back, all the way down to the sacrum there, it's, it's all about getting inflammation out. And so, uh, you know, it sounds like a six day course of steroids where they probably started you at 25 or 50 and then they just tapered it down over a week yeah. Um, yeah. is good. And it sounds like that works. So that tells us that um, it probably knocks some of the inflammation out. If when that went away, that it came back, it probably tells me that there's something else going on in that area and maybe you have a real injury there and it's you know the blood flows to that area after everything and it you know, kind of gets active again right and now it's annoying you again right so um uh, it sounds to me like you need to get an mri of that area do you have uh, nerve pain down your arms or, or just uh, just in the back area it hurts no it's just back you know, right from lower back all the way till my upper thigh, the back area. That whole thing is now in so much pain. It's, I can't sit, I can't, you know, I, even when I sit for work, it's so painful. And I have to keep my foot elevated a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't, even when I'm laying down, if there's pressure on that side, it, it hurts. So I don't know. I've tried everything right from all those um, salon pass to a leave. When I take a leave, it's a little bit better. And then, you know, a few hours later, it's it's back. So I don't know, man. So, yeah, I mean, if the so it tells us that the Aleve and the steroids are getting some inflammation out. So that's a good sign. <laughs> you know, people sometimes do yeah. want to leave in the morning, one in the evening. You know, the problem is that it becomes this like vicious cycle of like if we're sitting down and we're not moving, then the inflammation in the body can be higher. And maybe the pressure in the area that you're sitting down in your bum kind of presses the the columns in the back and, you know, it gets pretty tricky. Um, when are you, you, next week you said you're seeing the sports doctor? Yeah, 26th, I have an appointment. If it's, it's, the back is super, super tricky, right? The one thing you could do is you could, you could ice it. Um, and then when you stand up, it's going to feel like you can barely move. Right. You could put an ice pack on it, you know, every now and again, you could lay on it um, or you could lay in your stomach and put it on your back. Right? Um, and and then a lot of times what I'll do that helps my neck a lot and my lower back a lot is I'll blast super hot water when I'm in the shower at the end of the shower. I'll just spend three or four or five minutes and I'll blast the water there. And that tends to help. You know, I wonder if you don't have anything structurally wrong, have you ever seen a chiropractor? No, never. I've never seen anyone in my life till this point. Yeah. Chiropractors, sometimes you go in and they'll make an adjustment and then you'll feel good for literally three minutes and it comes right back. And then they'll tell you, well, I can keep on making adjustments for you. And after you come four or five times, 
you know, every time you come in, I'll crack your back or I'll move you around. And every, you know, time you come in, it'll get a little better. And then eventually it'll, it'll get better. Right. But they'll talk about getting the inflammation out also, and they'll give you an ice pad and they'll have you lay down on it. You know what I mean? And it's all about trying to get the inflammation out, trying to eat healthy and trying to, uh, which is so hard when you're immobile. And so everything kind of falls apart. But I know for me, when I have the back problems, when I eat healthy, when I cut out dairy because it's inflammatory, I do a lot better. So I don't know if you're doing a lot of dairy, if you're doing a lot of refined sugars and things, but the more unprocessed you can be, including not having dairy, the probably the better you'll be with getting inflammation out. Because ultimately it is about getting the inflammation out. And it sounds like you've had some success with getting the inflammation out. Now you got to figure out what the problem is. You know, sounds like a little muscle pull or something back there, but who knows? You you could have stuff yeah, last two pressing days, against your spine. I mean, last two days, I just got so tired of it. So I haven't, before that, at least I was very mindful of, you know, cutting out dairy, very bare minimum. And then, uh, so I was doing well till about two days ago. And then once the, the, the course ended, I thought I would feel better. I just got so annoyed that I wasn't feeling better. So, and then now it's getting harder also because, you know, if Vishal has to manage the kitchen, he's not very good with so nobody yes. wants nobody so, everyone everyone wants everyone to do their duties. And when 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 somebody falls out, it gets harder. Uh, so everyone understands that. Um, I'm sorry you're going through that. Again, I would try and be as healthy as I can. I would be very careful with the shoes that you wear if you're going into the office now because shoes have a huge, huge, huge role in the, in the lower back area. And I see many people that come to me with L4 or L5 is the most common place. Wouldn't surprise me if that's where you have your thing. Maybe S, it goes L4, L5, S1. That's L4 and L5 is the lower back. You know, you have the thoracic spine above that and then you have the cervical spine above that. And, you know, you really want to give yourself the best chance to heal and the but with this kind of stuff, if like for me, I have I have a leg length discrepancy, for example. So um, after a period of time, when I run, I start to get real pain in my back. And then when I got into orthotics, like one leg is like one point four centimeters longer than the other. So I need one orthotic to be higher than the other. And I now know that when I switch orthotics, if I don't have that correction right away, it goes to my back. And when I get the back pain you're describing, it takes me two to four weeks to get the back out no matter what. Okay. And that means I have to be really good. I got to probably take a leave in the morning and in the evening. I got to like, I prefer not to go on steroids. Sometimes you got to go on steroids. I've had uh, cortisone shots to all areas of my back. And I just know, having been through all that for so many years that I know that if I am not in the right shoes and I don't have the right balance, or if my, maybe my shoes are really old and they're really worn down when I flip them over, that contributes to my back not healing. Whereas if I switch into new shoes, for me, it's uh, work shoes that are not worn down on the outsides or running shoes that are not worn down so that I'm like even, I'm like, like not falling out. My feet fall out, 90% of the population falls in. So looking at those shoes and trying to get into new shoes that are balanced and not falling one way or the other could help your, you know, speed up your recovery. You could, you had definitely have an injury there. It's now it's about trying to get better as fast as you can. There are some positive signs with your healing now with the steroids and the leave. But if you, if you start to eat poorly and you just capitulate and you throw your hands up in the air, it's not going to get better. And it, this is going to take weeks probably to get better. 
you know, and even in what the most depressing thing for me in all these years and having all these uh, back things, I see these specialists and then, you know, I'll do everything and nothing gets better. And then all of a sudden I got to get like a cortisone shot to my neck and it might feel good for five minutes and then the pain comes right back. Right. So, it, 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 you know, sometimes it just takes the body time to heal and it's about getting the inflammation out of there. Any comments or questions on that? Well, what do you think about the plantar fasciitis? I mean, should I not be? I mean, I, I want to talk about plantar fasciitis. I have a lot of views on that because I've had it severely. Uh, but I want to finish this conversation with Shruti on her back. Shruti, shoes. Like if you're switching your shoes and women have more of this problem than men, sometimes they go into heels or they go into stacks and all these things definitely put more pressure on the back. So can you examine all of your shoes and, and think about that also? Yeah, I mean, so far I've only been wearing sneakers. Maybe I can just buy a new pair. I bought one like maybe a few months ago, maybe six odd months ago. Uh, but then, you know, I wasn't running as much, but actually I did start walking quite a lot. So maybe I can just consider buying a new pair of shoes. Flip them over. Um, and if, if you, you walk a lot, you live in New York City, so flip, flip them over. And if they are worn down, you want to send me pictures of them. I'm happy to look at them. Flip them over, take them from the top down, put them on a table, take them from behind. Let's see what the, where the tread is. But I suspect that if you have anywhere at all, even a millimeter of tread, on shoes when we have back issues can 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 cause the back to have issues and not recover as quickly as we want well that would be the easiest thing to do so <laughs> well here's 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 a prescription on. for you i'm not a doctor but here's what i recommend you do one get back to a healthy unprocessed diet super important okay i'm assuming you're drinking enough water um so that's the first thing you may want to, I'm not a doctor, but you may want to continue with the leave in the morning, in the evening. It's up to you. One and one. Um, I, you know, I would ice it, uh, with a, a pack of once, at least once a day, you know, it's hard if you're going to work and everything, do it more than that. If you, if you could, you know, do it twice a day, that'd be better. You know what I mean? Just, you could lay your back right on it when you're in the bed or on the floor and just have it press against there. You want to get, get it pressing against there so you can actually feel it getting numb with the ice. And uh, you want to examine your shoes to make sure that you're not contributing to your back by having imbalance in the shoes and just not giving your back the best time to, to heal. Uh, and then, you know, we talked about the unprocessed stuff and the dairy and everything else, but the back is the trickiest thing to overcome. It is extremely frustrating. And I have been at points in my life where it take, it's taken me four to eight weeks to get my back better. Now, when I follow all these things and I particularly follow the right shoes, like if you're wearing sandals in the, in the house, you know what I mean? Like you should examine all of that stuff and see if there's any wear on those things, or maybe those are just really hard on your back and they're pushing you down a little more you know, maybe like for some people, for me, maybe I've been in my shoes, the orthotics, a little cushioning helps me a little more. It just doesn't hurt as much. You got to experiment and, and, you know, wear these things that are not going to hurt you as much. And it takes time. So you're going to do things for a few days and it's going to be like, you're not seeing any results. And then all of a sudden you'll start to see results, some results. Any other uh, questions or comments? Now I'll try switching out my shoes for sure, because that's the, I mean, I, we haven't started going into the office yet. They, there was some issue 
said, you can maze excuse. So we start in June now. Mm-hmm. So that's a good good part. Um, so I can actually ice it and things like that more frequently. I'll try doing all of that. And then let's see what happens next couple of days. Yeah. And the other thing that's tricky about the back is that um, I have gone months where thinking that my lower back was injured and I had pain in the back and I wouldn't run and I wouldn't do stuff. And, and then uh, when I would go run, it wouldn't hurt at all. And it would feel exactly the same, if not better, after I would run. Now, some of that is endorphins, but some of it was like probably I wasn't really injured anymore at that point, but I needed to take some of the advice of doing these other things to try and get the inflammation out. It is all about inflammation. You might have a real injury there. You could have a spinal cord thing going on or compression of the the discs back there. I have all of that. If you looked at my MRI of my whole back and neck, I mean, I have a hemangioma somewhere between L4 and L5, which which is a tumor that like 30% of the population has. And so sometimes that pushes against things, you know what I mean? But they don't take it out. It grows around stuff and it's not uncommon. It's not common, but it's not uncommon. So there's all kinds of things that can play in here. And it's about trying to manage it to the best you can. And the more holistic you can be, the better you can be with your shoes. Like we talked about in some of these other things, the better chance you give yourself to have success and having it heal more quickly than this and then blasting the hot water i used to feel like i'd have a scorpion in the upper part of my back right like it just would really hurt and um and and you know when i would blast it with hot water it would almost just heal it so cold and hot treatment is really good sometimes hot treatment promotes inflammation but i think for you if you're doing icing maybe do icing before you go to bed and then maybe do the hot stuff in the morning or at different points in time, but the hot water can really help. Now I was doing it pretty diligently until a certain point, And I think I just fell off. It sounds like you regress and now you're paying for it. So you think back <laughs> to what was working and do it. No excuses. You know, if, if you're in this much pain, there is a reason and you have an injury, it's time to accept it. You're doing the right thing by seeing a spinal person. And uh, if I were them, I'd probably order an MRI. They'll feel in there. They'll, they're they're going to be able to tell you for sure. This is an S1 and L4 and L5 thing. They'll be able to tell you that, right? Then it's going to be like, what are they going to recommend? You know, you'll tell them that the steroids worked. And like when I had my shots in my back and my neck, they did it radiologically where they were able to see where the needle would go in with an x-ray and they'd put it exactly in the place that I needed it. You know what I mean? And again, it only lasted, the pleasure of it only lasted like hours. It did nothing after that. I still didn't solve the underlying problem of why it was happening, you know? Hope it's, hope, yeah, hope it's I'll helpful. I'll try a few things, yeah. And then I'll, I'll text you. The other thing is keeping your stress down, which is hard to do when you're hurt, and, and, and being positive are two very important things to recovering from injuries like this. You have to believe that you will get better and you have to put yourself in a mindset where you did get better for a while. So get back to that place and believe it's going to get better and accept the fact that it will take another two to four weeks for it to, to get better. You know, I'm just telling you what my mindset is when I go through flare ups in my back sucks. Okay. Jeff, let's talk about plantar fasciitis. You know, plantar fasciitis is a tough one. You know, it's um, tightness under the, uh, on the bottom of the feet. I've had it so severely in both feet at times that I could barely walk. It is usually caused by uh, shoes. 
and not being in the right shoes. I'm working with a lot of people right now that are having problems with shoes. And, you know, runners should be going to a running store and having them watch you run on a treadmill to make, make sure most importantly, by far the most important thing is if you're in a neutral shoe, if you need a neutral shoe or a support shoe, right? And it depends on the way your feet pronate or supinate and they can tell you pretty quickly you need support or not. I'm assuming you're in the right shoe and that you've done that. But if you haven't done that, you should do that, right? Have you done that? Yeah, I mean, I did a long time ago. The question is, have things changed? Can they change? Yes. That, yeah. And, and I'm working with another one of my clients right now, and he's got consistent knee problems. And when I first started coaching him, he was training for a marathon and he already had the knee problems and he was running like an hour a day with a long run on the weekends. Well, now I'm coaching him again and he's really only running for 20 or 30 minutes and the same knee pain has come back. And when I asked him, I said, hey, are you in the same shoes? Yes, I got the exact same shoes. I said, well, you know, they change the models every year. So the exact same shoe means you would gym what I do, which is I order the 1080 New Balance 1080 Fresh Foam V9s, which came out two or three years ago. And I go buy 10 or 20 pairs online. I use the exact same shoe because I know that the V10s are not the same as the V9s. They can be completely different. And the V11s are not the same as the V10s. And if I'm not in the exact same shoe, then I got to go through the process of finding the right shoe. And I hate doing that. I hate the fact that they change the shoes all the time. So I have to do it and I have to spend the time on it. And so when we're when I'm hearing you say that you have the plantar fasciitis, it can be caused by your running shoes and it certainly can be caused by your work shoes or it can be caused by sandals. Some people, you know, when they go from having highly cushioned, you know, running shoes or work shoes to like flat, you know, uh, flat sandals and other things, you know, can have a flare up of the plantar fasciitis. And I don't know. I don't know. Do you have high arches or flat arches? Uh, I think high. Yeah, I have high also. And, you know, um, when I get the plantar fasciitis, I'm very careful to make sure I stretch. So I'll go up against the wall and I'll put my toes up against the wall and I'll, and I'll press so that I can stretch the bottom of my foot. And that tends to help me a lot. There are times when I go through these flare ups of the plantar fasciitis that are pretty severe where I'm just walking down the street and I have to stop and do it anywhere I can because it hurts so bad. But you really want to figure out why it's happening to you, Jeff. And I think it's time to reassess your running shoes and spend the time to go into like Columbus Circle or any one of these places, Jack Rabbit, that have a video camera and see what they don't tell them, you know, anything about what you're currently doing, you know, or what you think if you're neutral or support and see what they say. You know what I mean? Say, what kind of yeah. shoe should I be in, support or neutral? No, oh, that's a good point. I'll go into the real runner shop and check it out. Yep. I mean, are you shoes? I mean, I'm in, a, I'm in a new model of the Bondi's uh, Hoka's. So, yep. you know, I just bought the, all the new ones and it could be that. You're right. It probably is that. It's almost certainly it's 80 percent shoes for sure. And, um, it, you know, the other thing for me is that like when, you know, I'm going into an office, and I have my sneakers and then I have my work shoes and I buy the rock ports because they're really light. and I walk everywhere. Right. But when I flip my shoes over and look at the bottom, if they're worn down, I almost can certainly say, oh, yep, that's why I'm having pain in my knee. That's why I'm having pain wherever. That's why my plantar fasciitis is flaring up. And then I got to go change the shoes and it, it usually gets better. It's not like the back where it takes weeks or weeks and weeks. It can go away in a few days to a week, you know, but it's the shoes. It's the shoes, money. It's the shoes. It's the shoes. But I mean, you got to stretch. Yeah, I've been doing that. The inflammation thing. Right. So are you not an ibuprofen guy? Are you an Aleve guy? What's your 
So I'm a holistic guy. So I would prefer not to be on um, any uh, ibuprofen or Tylenol or leave. If I do have inflammation that I just know will not get out. And so I do have to go through a period of um, something. I, I take a leave. Because the other one I like a lot is called Mobic. That's a prescription. And it's just like super strong leave, basically. Uh, I would prefer to be holistic and not be on anything. And I would prefer to live the way I live, which is eating, you know, mostly unprocessed food. It's fascinating because I am on day maybe 10 of I'm, I'm doing what I call 100 percenting right now, which is I'm only eating unprocessed food. Prior to that, I was going to veggie grow a lot and getting a lot of beyond burgers. And I was just eating a lot of processed food. Like there are some good vegan cupcakes at whole foods that I was trying or Trader Joe's. And I was probably only eating 60 or 70% unprocessed. And it is miraculous how much my body reacts from living 60 to 70% unprocessed. And most people would see what I ate. And I'm still eating the oatmeal plus five plus four in the morning. And I'm still making sure even if I have the veggie grill with the beyond burgers and the fries and everything else, I'm still eating probably healthy in 99% of the world when I eat that stuff. But I feel that has a big impact on me. And what I started to say, and I, and I was maybe having some, I was uh, juicing a little bit, or I was having like, I, I like this Trader Joe's orange juice that has, it's not even pasteurized or they, you know, they have a pineapple juice. So I was having a little bit of that. And what I noticed when I was eating like that is the inflammation in my body went up. And the fascinating thing is that my resting heart rate at night was up. My, my resting heart rate is somewhere between 45 and 51. And if you look at over the years, it's probably 49 to 51. And, and, but it was like running 55, 56, 57, which is the highest it had run up in years and years and years. I've been doing heart rate training and tracking for a long time to over 20 years. And so I just said, like, there must be a reason. And so then uh, it's obviously the way I'm living. And so I just I just started 100 percenting and instantaneously when I cut out um, like uh, I just want 100 percent unprocessed food and I stopped having the orange juice and the pineapple juice and stopped having the cupcakes and all that other stuff. Uh, my resting heart rate literally the next day was down to 45 and my my resting heart rate has been somewhere between 43 and it was 47 last night. So that is a 20% reduction in heart rate within days. And it's been the same every single day. You know what I mean? Since then. Huh. So, so I, I really believe in holistic living and I know just from my own body, what a huge difference it makes to, you know, eat mostly unprocessed food on my stats and on my recovery from injuries. And I'm dealing with a little hip thing that sounds pretty similar to what you have Shruti right now. So I haven't run in a few days and I think it was probably I switched orthotics and then probably got to do a little bit of strength, but I've now realized that it's probably a bit of an injury like you have. And so, um, you know, I'm trying to be a little better to try and heal it. And, you know, it's going to take me weeks to heal that thing. Probably. I hope it's not a six day, eight, eight week injury, but it could be. Would you lay off the planners? Because I'm going to start training in July for New York or to rest it up and heal it or keep going out and doing it. I would um, reassess my shoes, my running shoes and my work shoes and any sandals I'm wearing. And I would say, what has changed? It sounds like you switch into new Hoka shoes and that's changed. And, you know, it's time to probably get out of those and into something else. And I would solve the problem probably would return those hookahs and I'd go buy new ones. I'd 
go to a place they can watch me run i try and get in the right shoes and it's a frustrating process but it's a process that we have to go through and uh usually the plan the plantar fasciitis can heal pretty quickly so you know if you can get in the right shoes and everything you're probably going to heal pretty quickly and you probably don't have to stop running for that long when i have it really severely what i'll do is i'll just do elliptical or i'll do the bike or i'll just do something else you know for a few days um i haven't found that right, stopping well, running unless i'm running in the wrong shoes is the answer because as long as i stretch it i don't think you're doing more damage to yourself by running with the plantar fasciitis and the doctor might tell you something different but in my experience you know it's about being in the right shoes and it's about stretching that area sometimes people will tell you to put like a poland springs water bottle in the freezer and then roll the bottom of your foot with the ice i find that to be excruciatingly painful and sometimes people bruise the bottom of their foot so i think you got to be really careful i've experimented with putting my foot in a bucket of cold water not ice because ice is just like it's not a macho game and most people can't last even a minute doing that but if you put it in with cold water i drip a little epsom salt in there it might give you full coverage i have the water go up above the ankle you know just so that i'm trying to maybe reduce the inflammation a little bit you know some people might tell you for a couple of days to have some leave also that's up to you uh, i would do a leave and not some of the other ones that i find those to be the best but you know most of the time when i have the plantar fasciitis i don't take anything i just realize i got to fix the why it's happening and it gets better and i got to stretch it and i just got to make sure it gets it gets better pretty quickly it could get better in a week pretty quickly all right, I'll try those recommendations. But, but by the way, I was reading something the other day, and it was all, and I, I don't know if I sent you the article, but it was all natural um, ingredients to things. So for inflammation, for this, for that. It was everything that, that basically you don't need pharmaceuticals, like nature has the cure. Did you see that article the other day? It was kind of, it's been the last week. I didn't. Uh, if you wanted to forward it to me, uh, that'd be great. I agree with that statement. You know, I use this thing called Tremil, which is a form of Arnica. If I have a knee problem or a hip problem or a calf problem, you know, my doctor is the Brooklyn Nets basketball team doctor. And, you know, he recommended it to me. So they, these guys will add this stuff on their knees and everything else. And um, so I believe in holistic treatment. I am wary when I see the words all natural. Um, because I think a lot of people will use those words to make it sound like it is, but then they still have a bunch of ingredients that I would consider processed and that I don't really like. So I think you just, you gotta be careful with that. Um, so I'd have to read the ingredients as I always do to know whether or not I would wanna ingest those things into my body or not. Uh, and you can never go, one can never go wrong with eating as many whole foods fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds that are just completely whole, not processed. One can never go wrong with those things. Lots of greens, lots of beans, blah, blah, blah. But if you want to send me the article, I'm happy to look at look at it and tell you what I think or the product. Yeah, I got to find it. But I do, and then I don't, I'll have to find it. But if you're eating oatmeal plus five plus four in the morning, that's what I want you to have. Oatmeal with five fruits and two to four heaping tablespoons of ground flaxseed. And then trying to, you know, have some fruits and snacks, some raw nuts, some other things. And you're having, you know, bowls of salads and bowls of greens and beans and avocados and sweet potatoes and potatoes and, you know, other veggies you love like asparagus. I have tomatoes in there. I throw tricolor tri tri tomatoes in there. I throw onions in there. I, I've, I have full avocado in every one of my bowls. If you're doing those things, that's great. Super healthy. If you're doing a lot of processed stuff, look, I think the body's fine, you know, eating 10, 20, maybe even 30% processed stuff, but most human beings eat 
90% processed or 100% processed. Did you, see, did you see the article in the Times on the marathon, Jim? I did. I didn't read the whole thing. Tell me. No, no. It says they're going to do it. 33,000. Um, they're not doing a lottery. So it's anybody who, you know, already has applied and wants to do it this year. And then they're going to include streakers, which is me and whoever the number of people that is. And then uh, charity. But and they're going to do a staggered start. Uh, I don't know what more staggered. I don't know how they're doing it currently, but basically like it's a few people every few seconds or something. I don't know. I don't. I think I that's know, great. I don't know what, yeah. So that's what they're doing. No masks on the course. Same course. I know. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these triathlons are going off now and they're saying you got to wear your mask up into the swim and then you should put it back on when you're done, but no mask during the race. And that's probably fine if it's outside and you have the right distancing and I'm excited. New York city is going to do it. How did they talk about how they're going to deal with the crowds? No, they have not talked about that at all. Well, we're going through historic changes right now with CDC's guidelines and everything that they came out with. And, and I've talked to tons of people and some people think that everything they did was great. And there's science there that says that, you know, if you got a vaccine, you're probably not going to get sick. So take your mask off and they want more people to get shots. I've heard everything from that view to like it was too quick and reckless. Right. And like I'm scared to be in an office or around people even more so now uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, some people won't be wearing masks and don't trust people that, you know, a lot of people are not going to be vaccinated. We're only at 37% as a country. And so there's a lot of, lot of fear on all sides. I asked a lot of people what they said. You guys both responded. Thank you. And the best comment I heard actually came from my brother where he said, remember Jim, a year ago, the CDC said you didn't need to wear a mask at all. Exactly. A year ago, come this time, they, but, but think about how they let all the restrictions loose starting May because the numbers were down. And then you ran through the summer and then the whole thing spiked again. And trust, yes, only, you know, you didn't have 37% of the population vaccinated. But I don't know. The science, I don't feel comfortable with the science. One and two is you don't know without a mask who's vaccinated, who's not. So, and the person who's not wearing the mask and not vaccinated is not telling you. So I, I think... You know, I don't hope for the worst. I hope for the best, but I think you're going to have people get sick. Unfortunately, it feels very political. And look, what I want for people, I understand all sides. You know, what I want for people is like the, the other comment I got very frequently is many people sent their sent them themselves a picture of themselves, sent me a picture of themselves. And it was them with their mask on at a soccer game or them with their mask on at a different event. And the comment I heard the most was I'm not changing my behavior. Not ready yet. Right. And if, and, 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 you know, if people don't change their behavior and they don't feel comfortable, why should we judge them? Like I was walking those stairs that I walk 118 stairs the other day and I see this potential Karen coming down the steps, very fit woman, middle age. And I start to see her open her mouth. I'm like on a call, I'm working, whatever. And she says to me, you know, we're outside, right? Yeah. And so I decided not to engage on that. And uh, I figured that I would just, I'll walk her up and down the stairs, but she was off the stairs in five seconds. Didn't even do one full rotation of the stairs up and down. And, uh, but you know what? I, 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 I use it as a teaching moment to tell my kids, like, look, she believes what she believes as strongly as I believe what I believe. And we all got to get along. And it's sad that this has become so political to hear that, like, 
the, hear the stats today on the Senate and the House and who's vaccinated, who's not, what, what everyone's going through is just pretty much disgusting to me. What were the stats? I didn't even hear. What were the stats? Uh, I don't have them exactly, but it was something like uh, less than 50% of the GOP senators, which maybe it was 211, maybe 97 of them from memory had had the vaccination and all of the Democrats had had the vaccination and all most of the houses sound I'm sorry most of the Senate was vaccinated but and they're debating whether or not now in in the chambers in DC if people should wear a mask or not and people are citing some of the things that I'm hearing people cite at various companies about well yeah not everyone's vaccinated I don't know who's vaccinated so we should all wear masks and the problem is the problem is that uh, the people that are not vaccinated you know, Biden says wear a mask, but like they don't want to wear a mask because they don't want to be the scarlet letter branded as the one that hasn't got the vaccine and they want to deal with the questions. So people aren't going to put the masks on. It's just a debacle. You know, again, I understand both sides, but it's a debacle. Do you guys have any comments on that? I got they like three not. minutes. I, I think it was, I don't think it was a scientific decision. I think it was a political decision and it's under, an unfortunate decision. Shruti, what do you think? I am the other end of the spectrum. I'm like the super cautious. Even now, I'm not comfortable going out without a mask. I see half of, well, not half, but that's an exaggeration. But people in New York City these days are maskless. I just can't bring myself to doing that. Uh, over the There's weekend, nothing wrong I with that. And Mila wants to take the bus and over the week we got into a whole argument with that as to why I'm still not comfortable and it should, she should give it a few more months. And I understand everybody's getting restless, but that's how I feel. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to be over cautious no matter what. Well, look, you should do what you feel comfortable with. And, and this is about education of our kids, ultimately. And we have to we have to like the next generation needs to be where we were 20 years ago, where this wouldn't have been an issue of politics about wearing a mask or not 20 years ago. We're so divided now. It's it's really sad. And, and so but we have to educate our kids to say, like, look, if I feel comfortable wearing a mask and you feel comfortable not having a mask on, fine. You know what I mean? But we have to accept other people's views. And it, yes, and some of the stuff will change behavior, whether or not we take a bus or something else. You know what I mean? It's a tough one. People are passionate about it, even 12-year-old and 13-year-old kids. <laughs> you guys want to talk about anything else? I got to run in a minute here. Take the girls to gymnastics. Michaela actually made nationals in gymnastics and came in second on the bars at nationals and eighth overall. There were 32 girls there. She, um, all 32 girls go into that meet thinking they could come in 32nd. That's how good all these girls are. So it was a major accomplishment for her. She had, we didn't expect it. We know she has the ability, but she didn't have the build up to the season. They typically have to be able to accomplish something like that, but it was, it was awesome for her. Congratulations. That really is. That's Congratulations. all. Congratulations. That's great. It's really, really good. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And Kai yeah, has started yeah. doing gymnastics again. So that's great. Now, does that, is, does she, can she get to the Olympics? How does this work? Probably not. It's really, really, really hard to get to the, the, to the Olympics. And you have to really be 
stating the obvious, but ridiculous. Her bar, her her best event is bars. She goes to level ten, which is the highest level. That's the college gymnastic level now, level ten. And like Simone Biles is elite, so there's a level above level uh, of that. And she is pretty good on bars, and we'll see what happens in the next three years if she's good enough to you know get a college scholarship on the bars. She probably is. It just depends on where and. You know, it just depends on what happens the next three years in terms of like how good she is in the bar. She certainly can be competitive at a high level, but to make the Olympics, it's hard to make it as a one sport athlete, really hard. One event athlete, it's really hard. And if I, and I think if we had to say whether or not we think it could happen, it probably wouldn't happen, but she's good enough to be competitive on a college level, you know, and she got to keep loving it and your body has to grow the right way. She's 14, she's going to be 15 in a couple months, right? So a lot of, a lot of things have to happen. You got to continue to like the sport. She's loving it right now because once you finish your season and you have the kind of season she has, she won first place at regionals. She gets like a banner in her gym that stays there forever. It's like a big deal for her. She gets one at home, but now they're moving to the next level and she loves it. They're doing what are called upgrades. And 